0: I would like to start a new sermon series this morning called Life is a Journey. Life is a Journey. I had a colleague that uh, sent me a message after he saw uh, my post on Facebook that we were starting this series, Life is a Journey. And he said, you should have called that Life is a Highway. Now, I don't know if anybody remembers the reference to that. Evidently, there is a song. I don't know that song. So He said, you missed a good opportunity. I said, I want to stay as the pastor of my church, you know, but uh, evidently it was a heavy song back in the day, Life is a Highway. But it doesn't look like too many of you know that one, so that's good. <laughs> but I said, I'll, I'll just stick with life is, a, life is a Journey. But life is a journey. Life is a journey, isn't it? And today's sermon is titled Sweet Dreams. Sweet Dreams. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs. Bite. I didn't know if that was a central Virginia thing or not, but we used to say that in southwest Virginia, good night, sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite. But then sometimes we would say sweet dreams, right? Have you ever said that? Sweet dreams, good night, sweet dreams. I thought there was a poem that went along with that, but I couldn't remember it, so if anybody does, tell me in the lobby today, I'll use it next time. But sometimes we look at our children and say sweet dreams, good night, sweet dreams, hope you have sweet dreams, but you're like me, I don't always have sweet dreams. Last night, I had several dreams and they were neither good nor bad. They were neutral, but they were a little odd. You have dreams and and sometimes my dreams will mix church and I I was in the schools for 16 years, so sometimes I will have dreams that have a mixture of the schools and the church and then maybe a little bit of family thrown in, and they just be very odd, very unique dreams. It might be what I ate before I went to to bed that night. I don't know. They say sometimes that can affect your your dreams. But sometimes we can have weird dreams, sometimes confusing dreams, but there are times that we have inspired dreams dreams, I do believe that it is scriptural that sometimes the Lord will lay a dream on someone's heart or mind or show them a dream. I think that is definitely possible and that be an inspired dream, sometimes a creative dream and sometimes a flat out nightmare. I don't remember having too many nightmares, but I'll tell you the closest recurring dream that I have, I still have it sometimes to this day. I've had this for years. It's not a nightmare, but it's close enough for me. Those of you that teach will understand this. I, in the dream, I am in a classroom of some sort, and the children are getting out of control, the students, and they're getting loud, and I am trying to project my voice to tell them to be quiet and to bring order back to the classroom, but I can't get a voice to come out. In those dreams. I don't know if any of these other teachers that are here this morning have a dream like that, but I have had that dream for years over and over. That's the closest I have to a nightmare because I wake up in a sense of panic. You know, I can't get the classroom under control. I can't project my voice as much as I try to speak. It's like there's peanut butter in my mouth, and it's just an awful dream that I have had for years and years. But dreams are similar to life. In many ways, sometimes life will have confusing moments and sometimes life will have inspired moments and sometimes life will have sweet, sweet, precious times. But there are times, unfortunately, in life where it can seem a little like a nightmare that is happening and things that we just never thought would would transpire. Life, indeed, is a journey. Life, indeed, is a journey. We're born, we live, and then the Lord calls us Home And all of that is determined by the Lord as he has placed us, life in us, and then our lives in the journey that he has for us. So today as we begin to look at the Old Testament Joseph, there's a New Testament Joseph we'll talk about at Christmas time. But as we begin to look at the life of the Old Testament Joseph, I pray that on our life's journey that we can take a fresh, healthy perspective on life. A fresh, healthy perspective on life. I heard that phrase yesterday while I was on the treadmill. I had to do the treadmill because of the breakfast. As I was on the treadmill listening to a podcast and and a lady said, a fresh, healthy perspective on life. And I thought, wow, what a term, what a terminology right there. Fresh, healthy perspective perspective on life. And I pray this morning as we worship God together, as we pray together, as we hear the word of God, as we look at the story of this man Joseph, that the Holy Spirit and the word of God can help every one of us to take on in our lives a freshness, a renewal, a newness, a new excitement for the journey of life in which we live, and a healthy perspective on life. Sometimes we can take on stinking thinking can't we? Sometimes we can get in a a funk. Sometimes we can take on an attitude in our mind and it's not healthy and, and we just kind of end up on a hamster wheel and a cycle of things. But I believe that the Holy Spirit wants each and every one of us to take on a healthy perspective of life. God has given me my life. God has placed me in this life, And even the season I find myself in right now, God is with me. God has me there. He will not leave me or forsake me. And there is a purpose in it. There is meaning in my life. Even in the difficulties, there is meaning and purpose in my life. And I can have a freshness and a health of perspective in my life. Refreshing. Kind of like a good bath after you've worked all day out in the yard or out sweating in the fields and come home from work or whatever and take a good refreshing bath and you feel better, I pray that we can be refreshed on the inside. Like an ice-cold Pepsi Cola on a hot day brings refreshment. Or for me, sometimes I like to go walk out on the Shenandoah Parkway, walk and pray and think, and then that refreshing and that renewal that can come from those times alone and those times with the Lord renewal, a fresh feeling in life. I believe this morning 100%, 110% this morning, I believe that the word of the living God brings refreshing to our lives. It's no wonder that the Bible tells us in the New Testament to renew our minds. And one way we renew our mind is through getting in the word of God and getting his word over and over again. That refreshing that can come from God's Word brings us health. Hear me this morning, health mentally. Health mentally. Health emotionally. And health spiritually. A renewal that comes through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. I can't help but think and know that when the Holy Spirit And the Word of God in tandem, working together in my life. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God in tandem, working together in your life. Will cause our perspectives to change. Will cause us to take on a healthy, fresh perspective on this life in which we live. This journey upon which we are on. So this morning, this series begins with this man, Joseph. Joseph of the Old Testament, you may be familiar with with him at some level. Maybe you've studied him out. Maybe you've heard it preached about many times. But Joseph had an incredibly difficult journey. Joseph was a man with a God-given dream. So you would have thought everything would be in hunky-dory. You would have thought that he would have just lived the royal life, if you will. But he had a God-given dream. It was a God-ordained and planned dream. He had a God-given destiny. But yet, before he could walk in that dream and walk in that destiny and be used mightily by God for his family and also for his new country, first he had to walk through and live through a very cruel and grueling process. If you find yourself sometimes on this journey of life in a grueling process or you find yourself in a place where life just seems a little cruel, we can remind ourselves of Joseph. We can remind ourselves that we're in good company. We can remind ourselves that it is God who is always working in our journey. God is always working in our process. And the hard times are many times part of God's plan. There are many times the times when God is doing His greatest work in and through our lives. And Joseph definitely exhibited all of that. But yet the amazing thing I see about Joseph is the external pressures upon him actually cultivated internal resilience In him. Why is it that sometimes the problem on one person will push them down, but the same problem on a different person causes that person to rise up to a greater level? Why is it that the same situation can cause one person to wring their hands in despair and say, I'm quitting. But that same problem on another person causes that person to stand up with faith and say, I am a child of God and I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Why is it that the external pressure causes different results in different people? I think it comes down to that personal, internal relationship with God. I believe that in this life, this journey of life that all of us are embarking upon, if we know the power, the significance of the personal relationship with God, then we are able to handle the curveballs of life. Even the hard-hitting times of life, we're able to handle those and we're able to allow God to elevate us and bring us through those instead of throwing in the towel and quitting. Joseph had an internal relationship and faith in God that was so sweet, that was so rich, that was so significant that all of the things that he went through in his journey actually always caused his character to increase. All of the things he went through in his journey always caused him to grow closer to God and he conducted himself with great integrity and in such a way that God brought him through everything and could promote him time after time after time. That personal relationship with the Lord. And I ask you this morning, how about your walk with God? I asked myself this morning, how is my walk with the Lord? How is our personal relationship with the Lord, that communication with Him, that that fellowship with Him, that studying and pursuing after Him and His Word and that intimacy with the Holy Spirit? Each one of us know at some level what it's like to be intimate with somebody else in the sense of friendship or in the sense of matrimony or in the sense of of a Christian relationship. But how about our intimacy with God, that personal relationship with Him that sustains us through the good and through the bad and that brings us through life's journey. Let's look this morning at Genesis 37, 3 through 5 as we get a glimpse of starting this Story of Joseph that we'll be exploring throughout this Life is a Journey series. Now Israel, that's another name for Jacob. Jacob is Joseph's father. Now Jacob loved Joseph more than all his other sons. Because he was the son of his old age. And Jacob made for Joseph a coat of many colors. A multi-colored tunic. A coat of many colors. Look at verse 4. And his brothers, Joseph's brothers, saw that their father loved Joseph more than all of his brothers. And so they hated Joseph and could not speak to Joseph on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. That's a, There's so much in just that little passage right there that we could could get into this morning, we could, we could talk about Jacob and we could say, why was Joseph his favorite? The Bible says he was his favorite because he was the son of his old age. He had him later in life. But when we play favorites, we, we cause some trouble, don't we? And it was kind of right there in front of all the other brothers and it made all the other brothers Jealous, and then he made this coat of many col- or had this coat of many colors made for, for Joseph. And all the brothers, every time they'd see him wearing that little coat, no doubt it stirred up resentment in them, knowing that daddy loves him more than daddy loves me. We see early in this chapter that Joseph had been out working with them one day, and something had gone wrong, and they acted up, and Joseph had been a tattletale. He had gone back and told Jacob. What had gone on to the parents? And they didn't like him for that either. So a lot of things practically speaking in our families and in our lives. That if we would step back and think about how we treat each other. And how things are perceived within all of our family members. That might do us all a little good and do us all a little well. And learn from some of these mistakes here. But unfortunately we see some of these dysfunctions in this particular family but then Joseph had a dream and the dream was from God it wasn't Joseph's dream it was God's dream and Joseph shared it with all of them the Bible doesn't tell us whether that was a good idea or a bad idea the Bible also doesn't tell us how Joseph shared the dream with them how many knows this morning that sometimes it's not as much of what we say but it's how we say it. I have heard some people communicate maybe a very tough message to somebody, but they do it so skillfully and kindly that it's very received. Even though it might even sting a little bit, the person receives it. I've heard others deliver something that maybe wasn't quite as negative, but the way it was brought forth caused animosity. How many knows the, that sometimes how we present it, how we say it can be just as important and the timing of things. And I believe in our family relationships and our friendships, we can pray about those things. And not act on impulse, but pray about those things and, and season our words and, and watch for the right timings that, that God would have for us in those communications. We could get into all kinds of things from those three verses this morning and probably have our own sermon series just from that. But I wanted to focus on identity. Identity. My identity is God-given Joseph was born into that family because God had ordained that. Joseph was placed, or that dream, excuse me, was placed on Joseph's heart because God had done that. Joseph's future was planned by God. All of this part of his identity was a God thing, a God-given identity. I looked up what identity is, and it's basically the fact, this is earth-shattering, it's the fact of being the person who you are. (laughs) It is being who you are. Being who I am. Now, I believe God and his word would challenge us to be the best version of who we are. Be the best version of who God has created us to be. But ultimately, I and you, we derive our identity from God. We derive our purpose from God. There are too many people in this world today, and too many young people in this world today, that really feel that they have no purpose. But when we find God and we know Him in relationship, then we will discover that indeed we have a God given purpose in this life through our God given identity. We can say, I am who God says I am, and I can be who God says I can be. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian this morning? I am a God follower. That's my identity. That is who I am. I am a child of God. And sometimes I need to remind myself I am God's child. I am a believer. That is who I am. In a world that is redefining everything. And, in, and some of the reading I've done recently even says that there's the kind of a movement to do away with, with anything having meaning. That we just decide ourselves in the moment what what is and what isn't and what we feel and what means this. But in all of that, I am still a believer. I believe in God. I believe I am God's child. I believe in His holy word. My identity is God-given. We must purpose that in our lives and then we must establish Boundaries. I think the next slide says I will establish boundaries. After I settle the question of who I am and whose I am, and that I am a child of God and I accepted Christ into my life, and that is who I am, that is my identity, and I'm not going to change that. And I'm going to live life in this journey that God has for me, looking towards the future that He has planned for me. After I do all that, I need to establish some Boundaries. Some boundaries. You see, why you say, why do I need to establish some boundaries? Because everybody is not going to define me how God defines me. I hate to let the air out of the room this morning or bust your bubble or, or whatever. I mean, as a minister, I, a lot of times I'm in places and people can be just so, so respectful. And so kind and this and that. But you know, there are some people that don't define me as who God defines me as. And some people don't define you as who God defines you as. And do you know there are some people that look down their noses at even all of us this morning because we serve God, because we worship God, and because we love God. And there are those that don't like that and don't like us because of That not everybody is drinking the Kool-Aid, okay? Not everybody is drinking the Kool-Aid. There's going to be in my life and in yours some what I call Joseph's brothers. There are going to be some Joseph's brothers in our lives. These brothers who instead of embracing the dream that God put upon their younger brother, Instead of seeing God's hand upon his life, they hated him. They were jealous of him. They despised him. And actually they found a way one day to actually sell their brother to a bunch of travelers who were coming through, who were on their way to Egypt. They sold their flesh and blood to them. They hated him. They were jealous of them. Why? Joseph had told on them. Maybe that started it. Joseph was dad's favorite. Maybe that was it. Joseph had that coat. They couldn't stand seeing him wear that coat of many colors all the time. Joseph had God-inspired dreams, and that really put him over the top. Verse 4 said they hated him, and they could not speak to him on friendly terms. Now, this isn't necessarily the sermon today, but it's certainly part of the journey. Just a sidebar, I won't charge any extra for the sermon for this. But if there's somebody in my life or your life that we can't speak to on friendly terms, we need to pray about that. Is that all right this morning? We need to pray about that. We need to ask the Lord, why can I not speak to them on friendly terms? Is there something, Lord, that that you through the Holy Spirit prompted me to To do? Is there something I need to change? Do I need to reach out? They hated him and they couldn't speak to him on friendly terms. And then verse 5 said they hated him even more after he had his dream. They questioned his dream. They were jealous of his dream. They mocked his dream. And there will be people, write it down, tweet it out, text yourself, whatever, put it down. There will be people in your life and my life who will question. Our dreams, who will mock our dreams, who will be jealous of our dreams. They will be jealous of what God is doing in our lives or they'll question it or they'll mock it. But those people are not the ones that need to be speaking into our lives. I will establish boundaries. I will listen to what the word of God says about me. I will listen to what God says about me. I will listen to the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit. But I will not listen to the Joseph's brothers that come along the way. I will not listen to the naysayers who come along the way. Three quick practical things. Practical and spiritual, I guess. If God said it, I will believe it. Even if it's about little old me, (laughs) if God said it, I will believe it. Number two, I won't just let anybody speak into my life. I won't just let anybody speak into my life. Because there are some people that want to speak into your life. That want to speak into my life. But they're not speaking life and truth and purpose. They're pulling us down. And I refuse. I will establish healthy boundaries. And just because someone says it does not mean I have to feel it. Just because someone says it does not mean I have to validate it. I will not let just anybody. Speak into my life. And thirdly. I won't let the difficulties. Of life's journey. Discourage me. Sometimes we embark on something, whether it's an educational process and we're going towards a degree or we're starting a training or a certification or something on the workplace and we have a goal and we're working hard towards it or it's a relational thing or, or it's a church thing or a ministry thing. Many times we start out and we're excited and, and we're, we're pressing towards a goal and, and we're passionate But then difficulty comes, and I promise you difficulty will come. And if we aren't careful, difficulty will come and we'll say, well, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. You know, maybe it was just not meant to be. If this was what God wanted me to do, if he wanted me to have this degree, if he wanted me to have this job, if he wanted me to do this ministry, then then these difficulties wouldn't come. But difficulties are validations that we're on the right track. The enemy is not going to mess with me if I'm sitting on the couch watching the Andy Griffith show and eating bonbons all the time. He's not going to bother me, right? I wouldn't mind to watch Andy Griffith today. Good rainy day, maybe. What do you think, Mr. B.? But He's not going to bother me if I'm just kind of sitting on my thumbs and just watching Andy Griffith all day and and just not trying to do anything and not trying to grow and not trying to fulfill God's identity. He's going to leave me alone. But when I start stepping out and making goals and making plans and trying to be who God has called me to be, I can guarantee the difficulties are going to come, but I won't let difficulties Discourage me Instead I will let the difficulty be a validation That in fact I am doing something right And that's why the enemy is trying to cause my life to be difficult Let's talk about difficulty Difficulty cultivates resilience I didn't know it would be raining this morning When I wrote this down in the notebook here But the rain has to fall In order for the crop to grow The rain has to fall in order for the crop to grow. Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote a song that embodies this much better than what I could say it. So I want to tell you these lyrics this morning. The song is, It Won't Rain Always. It's a beautiful song. It says, Someone said that in each life some rain is bound to fall. And each one sheds his share of tears. And trouble will trouble us all. But the hurt won't hurt forever. And the tears are sure to dry, and it won't rain always. The clouds will soon be gone. The sun that they have been hiding has been there all along. How many knows that God is with us even when we can't feel Him, even when we can't see Him? And it won't rain always. God's promises are true. The sun's going to shine in His own good time he will see you through. If you find yourself in a season of difficulty, remember it won't rain always. Remember a little bit of rain has to fall so that the crops can grow. And let that difficulty cultivate resilience in our lives. Hear me this morning. Resilience. Here's what resilience is. Resilience is the capacity to quickly recover from difficulties. The capacity to quickly recover from difficulties. And on life's journey, we're going to have difficulties. We're going to have times of even being knocked down. But I believe through the power of the Word of God, through the moving of the Holy Spirit in my life, that personal relationship with God, I can have a resiliency that when life knocks me down, He helps me to get back up. Difficulty breathes, breeds resilience. And the more difficulty I have gone through, the more I realize that God can take me through. And the more resilient I can come. So many on life's journey, when the difficulties come in their lives, they allow it to cause bitterness and disillusionment and discouragement. But the Holy Spirit, during the times of difficulty, wants to build a resilience in our lives. Let me say it this way, a very simple definition of resilience. Toughness. Toughness, I would say, hit your neighbor and tell them to toughen up, but we better not do that. (laughs) Toughness, resilience, toughness in our lives. Sometimes God allows difficulty. I would have caused some difficulty in your life if you had done that one. (laughs) Sometimes God allows difficulty in our lives because he's planning to promote you. Sometimes the nest seems to be stirred up a little bit or the workplace seems a little little bit not like What's going on here? Why why am I having this? And many times it's because God is planning to promote us. And so he's building our capacity. He's building our toughness. We see this man Joseph who starts out in this chapter as as a young man, a young teenager, helping them in the fields and all these things. But when we end his life, we see him literally managing as the number two guy the entire country of Egypt. But Joseph would have never been able to handle that job had he not gone through the process. First, had he not gone from the pit to the palace first had he not gone through all of the things and we'll see as we go through this series all of the difficulties that he went through all of that was building a resilience in his life all of that was building a capacity in his life and so then when he was the number two man over all of Egypt he was able to handle the job he, he saved probably I guess maybe millions of people from starvation Because of wisdom and decisions he made. But but before he was at that level, God took him through a journey. But here's how I want to end this morning. We've talked about resiliency. We've talked about toughness. We've talked about all of those things. But I want to end by reminding all of us this. My journey is sweet. My journey is sweet. Your journey is sweet. Is sweet. Why is it sweet? Because I have something on the inside of me. I have a hope that is beyond this life. I have a helper who is beyond my strength. Something is on the inside of me. And Joseph knew this. Joseph had a deep relationship with God. And even in the tough times, he just got sweeter. And sweeter, he gets lied on, he gets sweeter. They're jealous of him, he gets sweeter. He gets sold into slavery, he gets sweeter. He gets put into prison later on, but he gets sweeter. Why? Because he had something on the inside. And I believe maybe on those dark days of his life, he still remembered the God-given dream. And he said, the dream has not died. It may not look like it's going to come to fruition, but the dream has not died. Died. There's something powerful about a Holy Spirit-inspired optimism. Not only did he have something on the inside, he had someone on the inside. And as believers this morning, as Christians this morning, may we leave this house today reminded that we have someone on the inside. When I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ, when you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the great ambassador, the third person of the the Godhead, he came inside of me. He came inside of you. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us and our journey can be sweet. You see, it's an internal thing. How's your relationship with the Lord today? How is that fellowship with him, that personal relationship, if I have that intact, I can handle any of the external? The great theologian Louis Armstrong said this. What a wonderful world. Talking about the life being sweet. I see trees of green and red roses too. I see them bloom for me and for you. And I think to myself... What a wonderful world. Even in the hard seasons of this journey, I can look around me and I can see things that are beautiful. I can see people that are sweet and I can see things that are sweet. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the blessed day and the dark sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world world life's journey is a it's a tough one sometimes there's difficulty there's there's need for resilience but every day there's beauty that's all around us the colors of the rainbow so pretty in the sky and the faces of the people that are passing by i see friends that are shaking hands and they say how do you do but what they're really saying is i love you life is sweet life is good there's beauty in the journey i hear babies cry and i watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. But I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Life is sweet. The journey can be sweet. Even in our hardest trials, there are, there are things and glimpses that we can see that bring us beauty and sweetness and hope that's all around us. The mercy of God that's all around us, even in the hardest, most difficult times of our lives. Bill and Gloria Gaither said it this way The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, the more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven, and my heart overflows. The longer that I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Praise team, you can come and get in place today. Lord, we just thank you this morning for the journey of life. Lord, we give you thanks for the good times, the sweet times, the precious times, the mountaintop experiences, those times of rejoicing, Lord, the birth of a child, the hug of a loved one, the the shaking hands with friends, the beautiful moments of worship together, the, the sweetness of life, the times when we achieve a dream or we accomplish a goal or just the wonderful blessings of life, maybe when we're just walking in the mountains or maybe when we sit down at the keyboard and play a little song and worship you are the times of prayer, the times of driving down the road, and you are with us, the beauty that is around us, the beautiful people that are in our lives. And Lord, indeed, what a beautiful, beautiful world, and we give you thanks this morning for the life's journey that we are on. We give you thanks for the hope that is beyond this life. We give you thanks for the mercy and the grace of God that when we fall down in this life, you pick us back up. You dust us off and you help us to move and to put one foot back in front of the other. What a beautiful world and what a beautiful Savior. And indeed, the longer that we serve you, the sweeter our relationship grows. The longer we serve you, the more we know how much we can count on you and how much your grace is sufficient and your love is everlasting. We give you thanks for all of that. But God, this morning, we also give you thanks for the hard times. We give you thanks for the difficulties. We give you thanks for the problems. We give you thanks for those times because in those times, you are building in us a greater capacity. You're building in us a greater empathy. You are building in us greater faith. And you're stretching us and you're growing us and you're helping us. And we know it won't rain always. We know that your word promises that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So Lord, we just thank you for this journey of life that we are on and for the people, the beautiful people that you have placed in our lives beside of us and with us to do life together. So this morning, would you encourage somebody? This morning, Lord, would you take this word, would you combine it with love and would you mix it with the Holy Spirit? Lord, would all those ingredients come together in somebody's life before they leave this place today, and be encouraged by you, and be drawn closer to you, and to find strength and grace for this life's journey that we're on? In Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can stand with us this morning if you don't mind, and this altar is open if you would like to pray. If you need prayer. Today, the altar is open, but as they sing this final song, let's take some time of reflection, reflection on the Word of God this morning, reflection on what it does mean to my heart and mind, and some time of prayer and some time of worship. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning. Let's pray and worship together.